Hey, my little star. Hey, where you go? Come back into frame. Come here. Ellie. Ellie, come over here. Look at your adoring fans over there. There's so many. Ellie. Look at that face. He don't give a fuck. Truly humble king, if you think about it. Crazy. Crazy to think. You know what I mean? Ellie. What do you think about an episode of uh, of Rough Justice? What do you say? You don't like it? <laughs> well, it's too bad, fucker. We're going to do it anyway. I don't have much to talk about. Ellie doesn't have much to talk about. But he's cute. So he's included. Very good. Well said. I was thinking, while it's still fresh in my mind, well, I mean, me and Dennis do so many Patreons like this where we, you know, we get together, usually before we record a regular episode, and we just riff about whatever the hell we want because it's our show, and that's what we like to do. So, uh, the... Today, uh, I don't feel like doing that, and I'm just sitting in my house by myself with this guy, and we're going to do an episode of Rough Justice. Right, buddy? Okay. I mean, look at you. I could just stare at you all day. What was that? I agree. I also agree. I think, well, first of all, this is a shout out to our newest patron, Mr. Leg9 himself, Mr. Josh. Uh, Happy to have you on board. Happy to have gotten the show to you somehow, thanks to Caged. And uh, he's been typing with the fury in the comments because he like I wish all the other listeners could do, has been following along with the homework, not only episodically since the beginning of the show, but now he has actually started to go and review the back catalog of previous episodes and do that homework as well. And he's providing his insight and his thoughts, Elliot, on... The music, and I'm going to guess right now some of the comedy that we've assigned in the past, too. So I want to go over some of those with the rest of you who are too lazy to check comments. Uh, like, is that is that right? It's harder than I think? Somehow I find that hard to believe. Mr. No Thumbs doesn't have his own computer. I want to go over some of those reviews because... Some of the ones I have checked out are pretty damn good. So I wanted to highlight it and share it almost as if he could retroactively be a part of those episodes. Ellie, over here. Come here. 
That's better. Stay right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where should we start? I'm going to start at the most recent and just go back. Go backwards. Because it's in no particular order, as far as I can tell. But let's see. Well, first of all, on the Patreon some some time back, long time ago actually, we we did a episode about movies that we find rewatchable. That was one of our topics of conversation. And Mr. Leg, Mr. Josh the Leg has said uh, he comments films I've for sure watched a bunch of times, some of them at least annually. Powder, never seen it. Unfaithful, never seen it. Whiplash, never seen it, despite being a drummer. The Nolan movies, Tenet, never watched it. The Dark Knight, seen it so many times. It's probably my favorite Batman movie, personally. Interstellar. I never saw Interstellar until much later in life. And I'm glad that I waited as long as I did because... I was able to appreciate just how much meat was on the bone with that movie. And McConaughey is usually pretty damn good, too. And I was, uh, I think it was actually within the last year. It is long, but it's worth it. And that film gets a little bit of flack for being kind of corny. But I pushed back. I think... I thought it was really, really fucking good. And the Nolan thing, like Nolan's like thing that he does, he kind of will just, he'll, he'll do like amazing shit with cinema or with, with like, a, a, what the hell is it called? Film, filmography, like the art, the artwork of camera work and just visually the films are just awesome. And it's it's mind bending shit like Inception and fucking I know Tenet's thing was like uh it's all time bendy and weird so it's perfectly his style. Never watched it but I think that's what it's about. But back to Interstellar. Yeah. That uh, what was that? Yep. Back to Interstellar. Back to, <laughs> I said back to Interstellar. You want to talk about Matthew McConaughey or what, Elliot? Uh, yeah, it's worth a watch if you've never seen it. Um, I might have to watch it another time to uh, truly appreciate all the crazy shit that they did. Like there's, there's little clues here and there that you don't or I don't pick up on. Definitely not right away. I'm not that smart. And uh yeah, I think I'd I think I'd I would enjoy it even more if I watch it a second time. Or maybe maybe even more. Macbeth. Back to his list. Macbeth, I never saw Macbeth. Don't really care to. No country for old men. Now I think personally I, I have a no country for old men shirt 
I love that movie. I think it's like, I think it's so cool. And only in that, like the Anton Chigurh character is so, so dark. And the energy that he brings on the screen is almost like the darkness that he carries is like kind of palpable, which is pretty cool as a, like just an on-screen character. And he reminds me of those people that you come across in life. Luckily, luckily for most of us, not often, but like he brings, he brings the kind of vibe to the party where like, or the, like he'll, he'll bring a vibe to a room that's like, He's like that guy right there is dangerous and he needs to be avoided at all costs because in the movie, like he, 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 he leans on the fucking uh, coin toss, the old coin toss gimmick and seemingly chooses people's fate at random and then leaves it up to the 50, 50 chance of the coin toss. And that like, sure it's, fair but fair to me fair truly would be just leaving everything alone but if if his idea of fair is uh leaving it up to a 50 50 chance coin toss then i guess that's about as good as you're gonna get i don't even know with a um sociopathic murderer like that i think the name llewellyn is really funny for a guy it's a good name. <laughs> I don't know if I would hurry up and name and, and, and name like a male child Llewellyn, but <laughs> it has a certain ring to it. I'm still uh, deeply enthralled with Red Dead Redemption 2 and fully on my horse guy shit now. Uh, first of all, I could do a whole nother hour about just how much fun that game is and all the things that I've done so far. I think I've... Let's see. I've got it pulled up here. Story. No, progress. That's what I want. Let's see. I've 100%ed the main story. My my total completion being laid off rules because I am able to 92.2% complete this game and every day I find something more to do with that game but back to the na- back to No Country for Old Men I think I'd probably name a horse Llewellyn a nice a nice male like a war horse maybe a workhorse even something real sturdy you know uh Tommy Lee Jones character. Eh. Uh, hands down, I think the best character in the movie is that lady who's in the uh, the office of I think it's I think it's Llewellyn's trailer park. She survives, obviously, the uh, the game of chance with the, with the coin toss, and he's the or he she's the only lady who gives Anton uh, pretty much like a meet, like a run for his money as far as Stern. And like about her business goes. And I think that's why in the back of it, it looked like in the back of his head, he spared her for seemingly for that too, as well as the coin toss. But I digress even more. 
Uh, I love that movie, and I'd watch it. I'd watch it pretty much any time. Logan, uh, Josh, I have a framed card on the wall that the theater passed out to folks who saw it opening day in IMAX. I'm that guy. Much respect. Uh, that is handedly the best movie that uh, I've seen as far as the X-Men or Wolverine. Like X-Men, Is X-Men Marvel? I don't remember, but... It's it's one of the be- period period. It was one of the best movies of that year. Let alone, it's technically a comic book movie. It's one of the best. Might be the best one. Let's see the Spielberg Spielberg's Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Jaws I can watch any day. Also, I can always throw on Jaws and like I can go quoting it. It's funny. Close Encounters I might have seen once. Don't remember it. I'm starting to think that Josh has a propensity to uh to uh 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 patronize or enjoy uh Brad Pitt movies because I also am seeing Legends of the Fall, never saw it. Meet Joe Black, which is hilarious that you say that because my mother is obs- is downright obsessed with that movie. My mom has rewatched Meet Joe Black a hundred times. My mom is a very strange woman in that she's very, like she's American. She was born here. She grew up here. She speaks English, all that. She's American citizen, etc. But she still has a lot of Euro tendencies in that she's very strange about some things. And she has about 20 movies that she watches and nothing else. Not often. Uh, some of her, oh, some of her favorite rewatches are uh, Twilight. I think the first one specifically. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, one of the most annoying movies of all time. I don't want to hear it. Queen is not good. Freddie Mercury, sure, he's a once in a once once in a thousand years talent as far as singing goes. He's a, the perfect frontman for a band, but stop shoving Queen down my throat. Queen is not good. I do not enjoy it. I never have. I never will. And people blow Queen like they're the best rock band since fucking. God, since since God knows who, but the movie movie sucks. But she rewatches it. She'll she'll watch it anytime it's either on TV or she will. If she didn't have the DVD, she would play it until it wore out. But my point is, Meet Joe Black is one of those movies as well. It's in her top ten, no no doubt about it. I think, <laughs> again, Brad Pitt is playing a clearly, uh, a, a clearly playing a person with Asperger's, who I like. I've only breezed past it a couple times, and I understand the plot is that he. He seems like he's like a psychic medium or something, 
and he has the ability to like see shit but <laughs> he can't he physically can't help himself from blurting out the most obvious thing it's also, it's almost as if chip chipperson was not making any jokes it was only only telling the truth <laughs> only telling the truth <laughs> and didn't have a funny voice or a cool hat or hair like he does he had blonde fucking Brad Pitt hair but <laughs> there's this one scene <laughs> there's a scene in Meet Joe Black where they're in a fucking hospital <laughs> and there's a a daughter and a mom I think the daughter and mom or daughter and grandmother, the, 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 the woman, the patient is very old. Oh my God. Elliot, you made me yawn. You made me yawn, buddy. She's very old. Um, black, younger woman, black, older woman. And they're they're both speaking to a nurse in like the plainest English you can imagine, <laughs> and the grand the grandmother, like it it seems like the grandmother is getting a vibe from, I guess Joe Brad Pitt, that something's off about him, like he's the devil or something, and he turns to he turns to the grandmother. He turns to the older woman without missing a beat and just speaks in direct patois to her. <laughs> I th- <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> I will try and find a clip of it and it's going to be the outro. I'm sorry, intro music for this episode. <laughs> It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life because the mo- the scene was dead fucking serious. <laughs> and he just breaks out into fucking straight patois to this old woman. <laughs> Meanwhile, you would never ever... 1998, that's what I thought, is Meet Joe Black. Way before appropriation or any of that stuff really was really catching on. But... Like, as far as, if that was a comedic choice, fucking hats off. My God. My God, was that funny. I gotta get back to Josh's fucking list of uh, rewatchable movies. Let's see, The Maleks. Maleks? I don't know. Thin Red Line and The Tree of Life. Don't know those movies. Lost Highway. Uh, The Andersons. Uh, the Master, Inherent Vice, never saw those, and There Will Be Blood. Now, personally, I just also waited to watch There Will Be, there Will Be Blood until later in life, knowing that Daniel Day-Lewis was in it, and it was probably good. But I'm also a later, like a, a, a late-onset Paul Dano fan, and Paul Dano was a bad motherfucker in that movie, much, much like every other movie he's been in, and I, I, I'd rewatch it. Let's see. Descent. The Rosario Dawson Revenge. Let's see. Rape film. Not the spelunking one. Oh, Descent. Not the Descent. I know what you mean. Lost in Translation. 
I think if that's the Jim Carrey movie, I, it's too fucking sad. Uh, the Coppola's first Godfather and Apocalypse Now. The first Godfather. Oh, personally, I think the first Godfather doesn't even come close to the second one because the first Godfather is just a fucking wedding, like most of the movie. Or maybe I need to rewatch it again. The second Godfather is the one for me. Apocalypse Now. I I also just watched within the last two years. And it's good, but it's a little too fucking long. One Hour Photo, an excellent movie. Robert Eggers movies, The Witch and The Lighthouse. I still haven't seen The Lighthouse, but I might have to give it a try. The Witch I saw in theater when it first was uh, in the theater cycle. Um, I probably need to watch it again, but uh, I remember having a good time back then. It might have been the group of people I was with. Elliot, where are you? You've been avoiding the camera this whole time. You fucking butt spelunker. Speaking of spelunking. I gotta ch- I gotta adjust this camera. Yes, I do. I need to adjust the camera. Quick break. Oh my god. So much better. Elliot, how was the tunnel? I couldn't agree more. Now let's get back to the list. Uh, let's let's see. Wow, I'm eating up time. I didn't even realize. Uh, let's let's uh, rapid fire some of these. Pops now. Robert Eggers. One hour photo. Excellent movie. Haven't watched it in a long time. Road to Perdition. Don't know it. Haven't seen it. The Crow. Mm. Don't worry. I know how you fellas feel about this one. I was born on Devil's Night, so I kind of have to love this. I literally grew up with it. Fair. Fine. Castaway. Perfect movie. So good. Vanilla Sky. Uh, haven't watched it in a really long time. Might not have ever actually watched it to completion. I don't remember it. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I've been meaning to get on this because... A friend of mine is like a Western fan, and now with this game that I'm playing, uh, I might enjoy Western cinema too, maybe every once in a while, but I'll give it a shot. Under the Skin, uh, I forget what that is, but Contact, mm-hmm. I love an alien movie that's not really all about aliens, and this one was Matthew McConaughey before the self-parody he is now. Well, uh all the John Wicks. Just fun background gun foo. Big, big agree there. And I'm a softy for the... Oh, man. I'm a softy for the traditional Christmas films. The Family Stone and It's a Wonderful Life. Eh, well, at least it's them two. Uh, I don't know The Family Stone, uh, but I know that It's a Wonderful Life is boring, but it's also way older than me, so... You're not wrong, Dennis. While I haven't watched it in years, I do remember thinking the first Pitch Black was pretty great. Pitch Black. Is that... that? Oh, that must be the Riddick movie. I think it is. Any, uh, I'd like to watch that also later in life. Now, that was commented on the Patreon episode. Now, back to uh, Faves of 2022. 
that was episode number like 15, I think. That's way, he went way back there. So he says, I'd like to say, I appreciate the extra work that went into the edit of this episode with the dedicated cameras cutting back and forth. Well done. That was actually the only time I've ever done that. And I will never do that again because it was so much work. There's probably a way to do it a little more less manually, but I don't know what that is. And also, also, uh, on this current episode and on the episode that uh, we'll be filming next uh, with our guests on Wednesday, I'm trying another another new camera method. This is my uh, Microsoft Surface camera. Uh, the picture's not going to be great, but I'm trying to make it a little better as far or easier as far as the saving of the actual file of the video because my files are getting corrupted on my iPhone, both I, or uh, my, my filming iPhone and on my GoPro and it's making the quality of the last four or five main feed episodes look really fucking bad. And it was really apparent with the clips of the, the stopwatch episode that came out on, uh, on, uh, the 31st. They look like fucking dog shit and I don't like that. So I'm trying something new with this camera. I will never do the dedicated cameras thing ever again until, that's more easily figured out. So 2022 faves. Uh, one of them was special. Christina P's mom jeans. He says, surprise me, and that's why it's my favorite. I think it's also the only special from the year that I rewatched. Oh, these are his. Okay. Well, I watched that, and I thought it was pretty funny. I didn't think it was hilarious, but I love Christina P. I love her sensibilities. I think she's hot, and I also, like, uh, she has good music taste, and um, her personality, when she's not, when, she, when she's not, like, overreachingly trying to, like, yes and Tom on your mom's house, I think she's so funny on her own. Uh, I don't, I don't like the fake laugh thing she does, it bugs me, but... That special was like there's some there's some good material in there. Her, I think her her on stage delivery style is so different from her podcasting style because she's so laid back on podcasts. But uh, good special though, good not not my favorite, but podcast dudesy. He started watching this in March. Uh, albums. It's been over a year from 2022. It's nice to really know what my favorites of the year were. How much of how much of how much I listened to at the time uh, do I still love and keep spending? Rush, uh, Russian circles, Gnosis, K Y O T Y, isolation, K Y O T Y, uh, Nils, Niles Frame, maybe music for animals. And just because they can't all be instrumental, the album Wake, uh, Thought Form Descent. Okay. Let's see. Homework. 
uh, Matt assigned us Godmother. Uh, I still don't remember how to say this. Obeviklig. First, firstly, if you ever get the chance, see these crazy fuckers live. Life changing. Blisters and thrashes. Tight, tight chaos. Love these silly Swedes. Soccer mommy. Sometimes forever. There's a little bit of Tennessee sprinkled throughout this, but not as overpowering as one might expect from Nashville. By track three, Unholy Affliction, it switches gears so hard it's an entirely new engine. Alternative trip hop, maybe something Massive Attack would have been proud to release, at least early tricky. Uh, if there are any more songs like this on here, I'll probably give this a second listen. No detractions intended in regard to Sophie's undeniable talent, but Daniel Lopatin being the producer definitely elevates this. I love Oniotrix Point Never. Darkness Forever is the next highlight with its shimmery guitars, synths, and plodding shuffle into uh, oblivion. The pop rock tracks aren't aren't bad, but really make just make me love standouts like the warbling foot tapping following eyes. She's so breathy with her vocals that I only understand half of what she's whisper singing about, but I'm here more for the mood anyway. That's a fucking good review. Snail Mail, Valentine. Little bit of Nine Inch Nails-esque synth work in here, but not enough to really hook me. Her voice is the star, and rightly so, but without it, I'd be bored to tears. Fair. Fair assessment. Not enough substance, or just the wrong substance for me. She does get close when it's just her and her guitar, though. Helpless, debt, extreme, scathing, British? Instant purchase. Whoa, where you go? Danny Polishuk, international Jew. Camp Stamp was the first bit I almost laughed at. I don't identify as transphobic, is an awesome observance, observance though, and I will be stealing that. <laughs> Elliot, come back. Right here, pal. Come here, front and center. Very good. You thought you was you thought you was gonna play me like that? Uh, you thought I was feeling you? That puppy a munch. I agree. Rotten sound, cycles. Classic. No idea how many times I've listened to this. Hard to believe it's already 15 years old. I say that all the time about records I love too. The Softies, It's Love. Yay, just guitars. Sad girl sounds without actually being sad. Right on. No pining here, just a whole album of sorry, not sorry. Even when it is kind of sad, it's mostly fuck you for making me sad. Instrumental halfway through is my cheat code. I've got LPs of albums that are nothing but instrumental acoustic guitar, so hell yeah. Standout for me was Fragile, Don't Crush, but did you not fist pump that face-melting solo in I Can't Get No Satisfaction? Hmm. Oh, sick. Dead Guy, Killing Music Documentary. I love music docs, even for bands I don't really listen to, like Foo Fighters or Pearl Jam. Uh, I'd watch a Pearl Jam documentary. I'd watch that today. 
And I'm so out of touch with hardcore that I'd never even heard of Dead Guy before discovering this little podcast of yours. Well, hopefully you enjoyed it. Dead Guy Rules. Uh, first thing that made me raise my eyebrows was, in part two, when the producer brought out the bass guitar that was used in studio for a wild lineup of massive albums. Hatebreed Satisfaction uh, was the first album of theirs I bought at a Walmart, nonetheless, a blind a blind buy. Evan Patterson is one of the guest interview that threw me at first, forgetting he's from Young Widows and Breather Resist. I know him far comfortably as Jay Jail and his involvement with Emma Ruth Rundle. Interesting. Yeah, that doc was really good. Okay, he so he watched uh, Brett Ernst, Principal's Office. Oh, cool, graffiti. This won't be a whole vibe. Right out of the gate, he actually asked us if we knew what schizophrenia is. As if we're all living in the film Dogtooth, and we think it's a board game or a sandwich. Get the fuck out of here. Five minutes later, I'm trying to apologize on his behalf for his atrocious personality. Maybe it's just that rotten Jersey machismo, but he looks and acts like he has the Sopranos playing on a loop in his living room, his bedroom, his head. (laughs) He clearly wanted to drop N-bombs more than a couple of times. (laughs) After the, you know, the guy out front of car dealerships reference was coming and I hated him for when he proved me right. And yes, Dick, we know that save the date card, what save the date cards are. I don't usually hate on comics so hard, but this guy is the worst. No laughs, all cringe. (laughs) Damn, that's, I'm sorry he felt that way. I thought it was really fucking funny. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Dad jokes. Dad jokes. Was that the, was that the one with Peyton? Yep, it sure was. Uh, t- uh, he just commented two timestamps, twenty four thirty six. My answer because he was unhappy. <laughs> uh, timestamp forty eight oh eight. I was with you on that one, Tommy. I'd thought of Malamute. Uh, must have been a dog one. Let's see. On the Patreon where we talked about parents and who we come from the genetic lottery i always have my cell phone with silent mode turned on unless i'm expecting a call which is never if i'm home i'm using the ipad for text texting messaging anyway if i'm in the car i'm using the phone to stream my tunes and don't want notifications interrupting anything if i'm here at work i have the iphone on the desk right in front of me and don't need to hear the notifications because i keep the lights off in here and i can see the screen light up damn (laughs) <laughs> backwards 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 no not you you stay let's see okay childhood insults episode 12 with matthew bennett iron of iron price his uh his reviews continued let's see where are we at Damn, this is going, this is flying by. <clears throat> Sweet Cobra, Earth. I went into this expecting something slightly different because I'm a, I'm a dumb and was thinking of Black Cobra, so I wasn't really prepared for the Queens of the Stone Age. I was looking forward to Fathoms Below, but I got Repo, which sounded to me like a Coldplay, Coldplay cover. 
Southern Lord is not Magic Bullet, but hey, this is good. Nothing I'll listen to again, but for what it is, it's not entirely offensive. His voice is a little cringy, but it works for this. Hey, speaking of Southern Lord, <laughs> his review of Dead in the Dirt, The Blind Hole, terrible album cove. Oh, wow. Okay. 22 tracks of this? Fuck yeah. Goddamned heavy as shit. Fast as shit. Angry as shit. Guy sounds like Aaron Turner a little bit. Strength through restraint could have never stopped and I'd have been just fine. But when it did and Idiot Bliss took over, I wasn't mad at it. The whole thing fucked shit up. Loved it. Yo, me too. That band doesn't get any credit and they're so fucking good. I miss that band. Earth Mover. Death carved in every word. This washed over me. Not in a bad way, really. Sure, I never nodded my head, but I never shook it either. Wait, was that an instrumental track? Title track was instrumental. Well, shit. God damn. <clears throat> Amber Mark. 3.33 a.m. EP. That's a long time. I, re- I remember assigning that to Dennis a long time ago. Hey! Your little nose is pressing buttons. Uh, the weird vocal effect effect going on towards the end of the album opener, Regret, is unsettling. It's definitely a mood setter, and I dig it. Hopefully it follows through. By the halfway point of track three, I've gathered that it won't, but I still dig what's happening. Each track has its own mood. Plinko piano, hand claps, suspended strings, and just vocalizing melodies? Yup and yup. My mom's still around, so I couldn't connect with most of the lyrics here, but I can appreciate her using her music to work through that shit. That's what music and art in general is all about. Ron Funches, Giggle Fit. Can only imagine what the budget was for that opening sequence. Interesting delivery choice, like he's, you know, touched. But he slips it into and back out. And I probably wouldn't have noticed that his material was just about things he loved if he'd not prefaced prefaced the whole thing that way. Oh, and when he tells me his son is touched, and now I'm super curious about his delivery choice, the nearly 10-minute hot nuts story was pretty great, and if he's not selling Rock Bottom merch, he's merchandising wrong. (laughs) Let's see. Okay, Uh, this is from the uh, comments of the episode with the pizza bowls, uh, Danny and Tyler from Stone Mill. He did all of the comedy homework just like I did. Let's see. Op- uh, don't The Don't Tell specials. Opie Olugbaju. Why don't I come back? Why indeed? Dan Bulger. Delight- delightfully awkward. Super comfortable with long gaps between laughs and taking long walks to weak punches. Seemingly on purpose though because he obviously knows how to write killers. Pizza presidents? Come on, man. Emma Willman. I don't know. Definitely writing about what she knows, but makes her appearance the point too many times. I wouldn't have a problem with it if it wasn't such a manufactured appearance. I think I fucking feel that, actually. Sean Donnelly. If I drink enough whiskey, I don't make eye contact either. (laughs) Over much too quick. Agreed. That was some good fucking Donnelly um, material. Zaheed Devji. My mom was a shadow. Was the best. And he mumbled it. (laughs) Reg Thomas. The plan B bit was perfection. There's a life on the line is gold. Big tears. Closer had me legit laughing out loud. Best of the lineup. All right. Katie Hughes. I can't take a vacation, but I can take a risk was my favorite lyric. 
Ooh, Gary Goleman, born on third base. Third viewing. I still love that he calls... I still love that he calls crowd work comedians a bunch of lazy hacks. I don't fully agree as some crowd work is top tier writing in the room. Improvisational comedy is an art form too, Gary. And it's a way to tie the audience to the, uh, an audience to the, to the event a little bit tighter, making them a part of the experience instead of just viewers. But yes, I do agree that it is naturally filler. Sometimes just a segue. Not as disciplined as performing meticulously. Stop. Damn it, I lost my place because of your fucking nose again. I do agree that it is usually filler, sometimes just segue. Not as disciplined as performing meticulously written, rewritten, rewritten bits, bits perhaps. but not necessarily hack either. I also love that he took a shot at Seinfeld. I'm glad he explained part of his uh, miming was the carriage return because I spent the whole special pretty confused about how utterly shit-fingered his typing seemed to be. And of course, he did so in the best way. That weird bit when he's just listing all of the things he's given up because they offered his sensibilities wasn't funny wasn't at all funny and a little too thirsty to not be cringe. Does Born on Third Base translate to For Your Consideration to the Virtue Signaling Awards? For <laughs> apply, apply for those on social media, bud. Not in the comedy special. Fucking salacious. The dentist rant was awesome. Still classic everyman gar. And of course, long wordy bits about words is what put him on the map. The Chameleons. Script of the Bridge. Don't Fall made me think I wasn't going to easily get through the whole rest of this album, but Here Today was fucking legit. Don't Fall is kind of a, a banger rocking track, but I thought. I, I think it might be because I saw them play that live before I ever listened to that song seriously. Uh, forego a chorus and just breathe with a little instrumentation. Now you're speaking my language. Musically, this is absolutely for me, but vocally, eh, I don't know. On some things, he's fine. No notes. But on other times, like on Monkey Land, for example, he's all over the place in his melody. One line of one stanza doesn't need to have all the notes, bub. Still, at 40 years old, it stands up a lot stronger than probably most of its contemporaries. If their contemporaries were also deftly bridging, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, the disco of the 70s to the glam of the 80s by way of some of the chillest and catchiest marinated guitar chords I've heard in a while... They for sure wrote script of the bridge. Civilized. Chopping block. <clears throat> Welp, Youth Attack was clearly a label to subscribe to, huh? Banger after banger. This is pure rage. I listen to all they have on Bandcamp. Zero complaints. Amen, bro. Youth Attack Records doesn't miss. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Also, his local Pizza Hut is a standalone location. Brought the dining room back towards the tail end of the pandy and just reinstated the salad pizza bar of uh, said 90s glory. Only on Wednesdays so far, but still. Damn, I'd cancel a podcast and take a drive just to go see that. Now for some more previous homework. Let's see. This is on episode... 11, whichever, uh, Dreams Are Dangerous, what episode is that? 
Yep, it is episode 11. Esophagus, killing for sport. Pretty sure the Predator itself did vocals here. Yep. But also, I found this on Brutal Minds Bandcamp, not Esophagus's Bandcamp. And let me tell you, them Indonesians really love some wild shit. Lesbian tripping squirt as a band name? Is it Euro? Who cares? It grinds. Pure bathing culture. Moon tides. These are both things that Murrow assigned. I remember that. Uh, weird band name aside, this is not too terrible. Almost, but not. The water drop percussion, the digital beats, the poppy vocals, it's California Sunshine by way of Portland Drizzle. Is every song going to be the exact same tempo? That fucking plip-plop bamboo plinking or whatever the hell is their cowbell? <laughs> Half, all that was promised. This is my jam. Zero notes. Even the guitar solos don't annoy me much. Reminds me a lot of Teeth or Wake. I thought they shared an album cover with Chained to the Bottom of the Ocean, but turns out theirs is Marshall Blasphemator. Hath is using Adam Burke. Anyway, top tier. Author and Punisher, Beastland. I've heard the name over the years, but never tapped in. Not really sure why. Maybe because the combination of the dystopian, Ramstein-esque album art, the for fans of list, the hullabaloo over the project itself, Gave me the impression that it wasn't really going to tickle me. Now listening, it's better than I thought. If it's, if it's as if a sludge doom ba- doom metal band were given nothing but computers to play with, and they were opening for DJs across the country. This is what outdoor festivals play after the headliners back their van in, and the twelve tweakers are grinding their teeth and their bodies. I, w- I in brackets, I witnessed just such on August 21st, 2021 at the inaugural Summer Gloom Fest in Boston. Good times. Capsule 9, take as described. Fucking shout out Sean Krim, shout out the Delaware kids. Uh, the emo vocals ruined this for me. <laughs> the music is radio punk. If some 182, just a hair lower and got a little hairier, maybe... I gave it the old high school. Tr- they gave it the old high school try, I suppose. I've also been listening and respinning uh, Lunglust, who Maddie mentioned she was on. Great stuff. Okay, chuckleheads. Roy Wood Jr. Father figure. I need more friends so I can get one of them wristbands. And by more, I mean black. <laughs> That's a good joke. Renan Hirschberg. Jokes from the underground. I feel like I've seen him on the pod circuit, but now I know I've never seen his stand-up before. Killer with a tongue too big for his mouth. Adorbs. These are just examples, by the way. <laughs> Mateo Lane, the advice special. Mateo's another one I've seen on pods, but I've never actually seen performed. I watch both parts one and two. Absolutely awesome. It's so wild to see crowd work that doesn't automatically make a mark out of whoever gets put on the spot. Actual advice. What is this? But the opening question advice bit and Ave Maria accidental at the end part of part one had me guffaw crying. Part two, more confrontational, but all well-deserved. Just a wilder audience, it seemed. But again, perfect closer. Let's see. And let's see. Here's some more old homework. Some more. Uh, this is act. Believe it or not, our number one episode of all time is number ten. John Joseph uh, versus John Wren, aka Professor X versus Magneto, episode ten, with Murrow and Jordan Burke, their first 
appearance. The only episode we ever did from my lo- my living room upstairs. I thought the vibe was fun, and I wish we could do that again. But because uh, baby Dennis is married to the shed outside, that's all we'll probably ever do. Unless I force him inside. Anyway, in the interest of dating myself, I also have a collection of $2 bills. <laughs> they were a stocking stuffer stable from my mom. Wheatback pennies and the Sacagawea dollars. I And I closed up the video store the night of September 10th, so I slept through most of the first plane. My girlfriend at the time called me from her work. We're being bombed. I need to find God. In time for me to turn on the news and watch them come down. I was in fifth grade and I watched them in elementary in my elementary school library class. It was it had to be nine something in the morning, I think. I believe in the existence of aliens. I do not believe they're here. The government lies about every fucking thing. Yep. Why would I all of a sudden believe that they're they're telling the truth now about this of all things? Why did they decide to admit the truth now after eighty years of denial? Just because it's fun, read, entertaining for the world's population to discuss and ponder, well, entertain. It's just reality TV. Also, it gives them carte blanche to do all the super wild weapons testing and technology R&D right out in the open and just call it extraterrestrial activity. Occam's razor it. What's more likely? All right. Mutilation barbecue. That was assigned by Brandon. Yep, these goddamned riffs, man. Stellar. Actually, this whole thing is unoffensive. Even the guitar slides somehow feel right. Beefier than a beef brisket, as they say. So true. Whitechapel, the somatic defilement. (laughs) This is Exile was my first listen of this band, and I was really into the deathcore scene at the time, and the upcoming Oceano and Fit for an Autopsy debuts were cut from the same cloth. I was wearing nothing but said cloth for a good minute. Even Whitechapel as my flip uh, flip phone ringtone. Remember when that was a thing we all gave a shit about? <laughs> anyway, I did visit this album back then. Believe I still own it somewhere too, but I don't remember anything about it. So here we go. Oh, it's symphonic too? Well, huh. Divergination studies. Is that old familiar breakdown formula executed with beat precision? Remember those little black boys who played this kind of stuff exclusively on sidewalks? Yo, true. Different times, brother. I don't hate this, but I no longer love it either. That said, in the right mood, this will be the only thing I want. Ice Peaks. I don't know which EP to listen to, so I listened to the self-titled. This was wholly unexpected. Fucking wild. Dirty dub with glitches and screeches. If FKA Twigs was busier and louder, scarier. The sonic equivalent of Meanwhile in Russia memes. (laughs) I don't know if I could do a whole album of this, but just an EP is is just the right size snack. I wish their merch wasn't so fucking expensive. I wouldn't be mad at having a few of their releases on my shelves for when my neighbors need to be reminded of my presence, say. (laughs) Unsane. uh, Scattered, smothered, and covered. Harmonica? Oh, fuck yeah. Don't hate that rock and roll solo either. This is just fun. Musically, this reminds me a little of Cable, Unified Right. Uh, uh, Unified Right, if I can't listen to Unified Right in Heaven, then send me straight to hell, is the full name of that album. Uh, hardcore hollering over galloping drums, huge bass, and that typical guitar tone. What's not typical is the songcraft presented here. They're really dynamic, and holy shit, 
that little timing ramp up towards the end of dedicated is 100% drive fast music. Yo, I love drive fast music. I love driving fast. What's uh, with the weird album cover? Very true. Adrian Appalucci, Baby Skeletons. First of all, this is in my pantheon of favorite comedy albums ever. I wish it was like a film special, but it's just an album. (sighs) Holy fuck. We are seeing Adrian Appalucci at the punchline at the end of February with Phil Perenni, a patron of this very podcast. You're probably hearing this. Shout out to you, Phil. Your Patreon dollars are paying for us to go to shows like that and have a good time and see people like the Dark Queen Adrian. Uh, listen, uh, let's see, Baby Skeletons. Listen to Ari's YouTube share. I saw her open for Lewis. She's fucking undeniable. Not a single joke doesn't murder. Picking a favorite just means quoting the whole damn thing. <laughs> Speak on it. Andy Sanford, Basket Case. I feel seen that he's up there with the untucked too big button down to keep his dad paunch from distracting his crooked eyeglasses. I also appreciate that he clearly checks his notes at the end of each bit. Oh, we're cutting to an interview. Okay, interviews, rather. I would have been uh, would have been better if they just let it be well-crafted jokes, confidently executed with a shoddily adorable presentation. Oh, and I am absolutely a solitary jigsaw puzzler. <laughs> it's one of... The activities I level up with booze and tunes. You know, as not as as a non-drinker, that does sound like a fun time. Okay. Let's see. He did more homework. This is from episode nine. The first episode we ever did outside of my place. When we went we went down to Brandon and Maddie's house in Smyrna. Let's see. First note of homework is the day of mourning clenched fit fist uh, waiting in suffering threw a surprise in there at the end. That was a nice way to finish up their decent half of this split clenched fist with their hard, hardcore hollering gang vocals, muddily mixed guitars and step-by-step skinwalking were a disappointment. Man, I hate gang vocals. It depends if it's not overused. I don't hate it, but I, I hear where he's coming from. Putrid Stew, buried alive in a trailer park. My favorite thing about this is Stew is the name of the dude who wrote all of these putrid tunes. And holy spew, are they putrid. Reminds me of miscarriage in the best way. I definitely love, I definitely dove into the Stew and listened to a bunch of the prolific guy's other projectiles. So, uh, so many releases, but it's still not enough here to fill only one bucket. One spectacular bucket. Dan Soder, Son of a Gary, retro HBO title, all right, all right, really dimly lit stage production and meant to look like zero stage production, okay, okay, sure, 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 I'd always appreciated his pod appearances, but hadn't tapped into his stand-up before, ooh, mistake, Dan Soder, fucking hilarious, uh, uh, just as funny as I figured he'd be. Broken children grow up to be dy- dynamite lovers, giving "Don't leave me" <laughs> head <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the dead end of the driveway, and he touched the mailbox. We're space travelers. <laughs> oh, now he's talking about one of my favorites, Bernie Mac set from the original Kings of Comedy. 
In the old and tired spirit of dating myself, I was working at a video store when this movie came out, so I've lived with this for a long for for long. DL was probably my favorite at the time. Steve probably is now. Bernie was never my favorite until of the Kings. He <laughs> he mumble yelled too goddamn fast, and closed captions were good for a little more than shrugging and just guessing of how much every sentence he skipped. Funny though, that's undeniable. Just not the funniest. Ooh. Disagree. Sean Patton's uh, King Scorpio. I saw Sean open for David Cross a little over a year ago or so now, and he was spectacular. Sean Patton gets no credit. That motherfucker's really funny. If you want to hear really funny Sean Patton shit, listen to his appearance of, appearances of Roundtable of Gentlemen. He was on uh, that show many times in like the, two, or the, the early 2010s. Also, super welcome or super awesome during the meet and greet afterwards. I hadn't watched or listened to King Scorpio yet, so this was a treat. He's so delightfully weird. Not as weird or as good as number one on Peacock, but it's still a fun night in Portland for sure. No premise can be over-explored. Also, at timestamp, 1 hour, 12 minutes, and 14 seconds. I love Maddie's silent plea for help. <laughs> also wanted to give Year of the Knife a shout-out. I saw them last May in Syracuse, Syracuse to the locals, and uh, while they were touring with Esquela, Acacia, and Chained to the Bottom of the Ocean, killer sets by everyone. Come through again, folks. I hope they do. Uh, it'd be nice to see them go on tour again. This comment is from the Fairy Brothers episode, episode 67. Yes. <laughs> the Steven Seagal special episode. I can't wait to read this. Gorguts, considered dead. Nothing dates, or, uh, nothing dates this classic metal, death metal, more than all the Chris Barnes on it. Two metal horns. Agree. Torture, enduring freedom. Boy, oh boy, this is something different. I hadn't expected anything beyond it being slam. The vocals are fucking hilarious. Wait, there's bass? Fuck it, I don't need it. <laughs> is this slam? Staccato all over the place, but not much else. Not, sh- not sure so many of these songs needed to be as long as they are. Yo, they do drag a little. Especially when, they, when each track sounds exactly like the one before and after it. The two bonus songs, the extra finales are where the music finally shows up, and there's still not much of it. I mean, there's tons of it, but Finale 2 plays like little more than a prelude to the ambient, plodding plotting dirge fin- Finale Ill. I understand this is a bookend of sorts, but damn, it's so wildly different from the 40-plus minutes of the album, <laughs> and it probably should have been its own EP. Hmm. Hate Inc. Fraternal Order of Felons. Starting the car in reverse is usually not the way things are done, but fuck it. <laughs> Album cover was a red herring. This is so fucking good. Yo, I think I said that too. Agree. Uh, so fast, he's bas- basically rapping like Corey did on those early Slipknot albums. Yo, true. 24 minutes was just right for this too. I couldn't find Unreal City's Infernal Seraph anywhere, so I listened to their latest on Bandcamp, Cruelty of Heaven. The hardcore scream is better than the hardcore holler. Riffs were all over, but a few too many guitar slides. Found myself nodding my head plenty, though, and the solo in Revolutionary Suicide is fucking perfect. Made complete sense in this song, instead of just being a solo for solo's sake. 
I don't know what is happening right after that, though. Though Farang opens in Mumbai and abruptly switches to some Rammstein uh, chuggery coming back home to Pittsburgh. Fug and wild. Album closer is my cheat code. I like my songs the same way I like my stews. Simmering, cooked low and slow. Morbid Angel, Kingdoms Disdained. Architects and Iconoclasts is reason enough for this to be added to anyone's collection. I'm even giving it to my mom. <laughs> Cadaver Dog, Dying Breed. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, wait, again, where's the bass? Fuck it, I don't need it this time either. Simplest but most fitting album cover ever. I think this guy ate his bass and spent the entire album spitting it at us. <laughs> Sam Talent, The Toad's Morale, spectacular opening bit. Also love his crowd work. Some weird editing, though, with the hard jump cuts throughout. Oh, but then that's how they did the end credits. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Man, shout out to fucking Josh, dude. What a great fan. I'm so happy to have Josh as a fan. I love insight and input like this so much. This is the whole point of the homework section. Elliot, you remember when it was your idea? Yes, you do? Ah. Yeah, the whole point of it was to expose our listeners and our friends to shit that they may have never heard before or seen. So, yeah. Uh, Homework is going to be a recurring bit as long as the show is. Like some behind the scenes thoughts of mine, uh, I think it kind of shoots us in the foot in that if we ever need to do a bunch of episodes at the same time for like the sake of scheduling or like say if, if guests bail at the last second and we need to double up or I know in February we'll, we'll have nearly quadrupled up by the end of the month. The, the homework bit, makes it harder to do that, like stack episodes if we have to, but that's what we have to do to do the show. So uh, if it means I have to listen to music and comedy all at once, fuck it. Just the other day, I listened to every homework assignment we had for this coming week in one sitting because I had about three or four hours to myself that I needed to occupy with a little bit of background, but just enough background that I could still focus on it. So I knocked out all my homework in one day. If I can do that over and over, I don't see a problem really, but yeah, homework is tight and I'm thankful for, um, I'm thankful for all you guys. First of all, especially the patrons. Um, it makes going to comedy shows possible and it makes like buying giant maps for the is it euro game possible so uh i think that shit's really cool but people actually taking the time to listen to and comment on even all of the um homework assignments that we give out to each other and to our guests and our guests give us and vice versa and actually following through with it fucking the cool it's the coolest thing to be able to sit here and read all these. I didn't even get through. I got through a bunch. But there's plenty more. Who knows. Maybe I'll record another one of these sometime. Just to like. Sort of. In his absence. It's like it's like Josh actually gets to be here. 
I hope if it's possible someday he could join us for a full episode. I think he'd be a great guest. And if he, if he listens to podcasts like this and understands the hang concept and that's what drew him in the first place, I think it'd be a great episode too. Oh, look who it is. Another handsome boy. This is Alphonse. Well, actually it's Aloysius, but I always call I just call him Al. What's this thing? You see that? On that note, I'm signing off for now. And I'll catch you motherfuckers over on the main feed. Thank you again so much for patronizing this show. This has been an episode of Rough Justice. Elliot had a meeting he had to hurry up and get to, but now I got Al here too. So you got all three of us in one day, in one sitting even. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'll be hitting the intro music. Doctor, um, just wait a second. Please, my mama is sicker than him. Oh, be a, 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 be a,